Welcome to the Adoption Connection Podcast, where we offer resources to equip you and stories to inspire you on your adoption journey. I'm Lisa Qualls. And this is Melissa Corkum. Don't worry, we get it, and we're here for you. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 155 of the Adoption Connection Podcast. Today, we're very happy to be sharing an interview that Melissa did with our friend Sandeep Thomas. And you probably know that November is National Adoption Awareness Month. And so during this month of November, we are featuring the voices of adoptees and first or birth moms. And we always value hearing from the less heard voices in the adoption triad or sometimes we say adoption constellations. So we're really happy to have Sandeep here today talking about his experience as an adoptee. Yeah, Sandeep's story is amazing. I didn't know him very well before I was able to sit down with him, but he faced horrible tragedy and trauma as a young child in India and in the providence of God was adopted by a couple here in the States. And his story just weaves his passion to help other adoptees to see purpose and hope through Christ in their lives. He lives with his wife in Washington near Seattle. And before we jump into this interview, we do want to say because uh, because he does share so openly and vulnerably about his young childhood in India, this might be hard to listen to and or might not be appropriate for young ears. So we wanted to give you a heads up before jumping in. But here's my conversation with Sandeep. Well, Sandeep, welcome to the Adoption Connection podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. <laughs> yeah. So uh, maybe about last month, I interviewed another adoptee who I was more familiar with her story. And so this is like a whole new kind of exciting because we've been kind of uh, introduced to each other briefly, but I don't know a ton about your story. So, I mean, this is literally folks are getting to listen in to me getting to like, just dig in <laughs> to what you're all about. And I know you have a lot of um, amazing things to share. So I'm excited to jump in. Yeah, that's great. Thank you for having me here. It's truly an honor. And I'm, I'm excited to share, you know, just about my journey uh, in this and this adopted uh, life that I've, that I've had for over 20 years now. Um, and just what the Lord has been doing in my life. So I'm really excited to share. Yeah. Well, could you tell us just a little bit like, about your adoption story, like just kind of the bare facts, like were you adopted as a five-year-old or an infant and where were you born and all of those little details? So I was born in India um, and I was, uh, I stayed in India uh, till I was about five and a half years old. Uh, when I was five and a half, my mother in India, now in India, you know, it, um, there is a, a caste system. And uh, we were, my family, we were on the lower end of the caste system. So we weren't well-to-do. We were pretty poor. Uh, so we lived in Bangalore um, in, a, in a very small house. Um, my father and mother had menial jobs. I think she, uh, my mother was a maid. My father was uh, a simple gate maker. Um, so, and I, and I had two older sisters as well. Um, and uh, when I was five and a half, we had a very tragic incident happen. Uh, where my mother committed suicide, unfortunately. In about six months from that point onwards, my life completely changed and God was working on the hearts of a couple here in the U.S. And uh, I was adopted within six months and brought to uh, the U.S. 
So completely different world, completely different language, completely different family. And so ever since then, my life just turned upside down. And uh, that's kind of, you know, just the, the bird's eye view of, of my story uh, there. So, yeah. And do you, how much of that do you actually remember? Like, I don't remember a ton from when I was five, but I also didn't have, you know, such a significant life event happen when I was five. Like, is that you kind of telling what people have told you or do you have like really vivid memories of that season? Yeah, great question. Um, you know, unfortunately, I, as a five-year-old, um, my brain was severely damaged. And now we have, you know, information on RAD and PTSD of how, you know, kids, especially when they're affected uh, with a traumatic event, um, you know, part of their brain actually stops working. Um, but unfortunately for me, um, all I remember was the really bad negative things that happened. And the, you know, probably the most, um, the incident that sticks out to me the most was the time that I lost my mother. Uh, so unfortunately, you know, I was the only one, I was, like I said, I was five and a half. And um, I think, in, you know, in our culture, it's, it's um, almost, you know, excellence is really key and to come up in life and to do well in the Indian culture. And, you know, my family wasn't there, you know, we weren't well to do, like I mentioned. Uh, but my mother, you know, um, was very encouraging and wanted me to go to school and do well and I think my 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 birth father didn't see it at that didn't see how important it was. So, you know, he was an alcoholic and he really wasn't doing much with his life. And I think I was always gravitating towards him um, and my mother out of desperation and, you know, just wanted um, to make sure that, you know, my father was, you know, uh, helping his children uh, get a better life to do better in life. Right. Um, but my father didn't see it that way. And um, I think there was always constant clashes between my mom and my dad, uh, unfortunately. And, you know, like I said, when I was five and a half, this one conversation, I think my, my mother out of desperation wanted to, you know, shake some reality into my father's life and threatened to take her life, right? And if he didn't change his ways. And I think that threat became a reality. You know, in a five-year-old mind, you, you know, you probably, you know, I've heard a lot of kids say they don't remember much from their younger years. Um, but this was probably the most vivid thing, you know, in a, in a five-year-old's life, because uh, I remember, you know, we're walking away from the house and just, it was just an unsettling feeling in my heart that day. And I felt like something was wrong at home. So I was like, you know, begging my father to go back and check on my mother. And as we approached the house, you know, we, I saw smoke pouring out of the, out of the door, the door was locked. We kicked open the door, father did, and, and on the ground, you know, my mom had, out of sheer desperation, she had poured kerosene oil on herself and set herself on fire. You can just imagine, you know, in a five-year-old's mind, like, what's going on, right? Um, so we, we put out the fire, we, you know, we rushed her to the, to the hospital in an open auto rickshaw because we didn't have money for an ambulance. We leave her at the hospital, and then a few days later, I, I hear that she's, you know, she's dead. Uh, again, I don't know what that means. I, I'm just like waiting for my mom to come back. And then, you know, so life goes on. And I think the family's kind of, you know, shaken up by this. And uh, we're trying to figure out what to do with my sister, uh, my two older sisters and myself. And uh, then my father, you know, he makes a decision that he just can't take care of us anymore. And he leaves us. And so, you know, you have this, this, this family of, of uh, five just suddenly torn apart um, and everything's the chaos, 
um, and, you know, I never heard from him. And then all I was told by my family was that somebody was coming to take me to America. And my siblings were also, you know, ripped, ripped away from me. They were sent to boarding school. I, I still don't know, you know, why um, no one wanted to take care of me. Um, it could have been, like I said, uh, you know, karma is a huge part in the Indian culture. And I had witnessed death. Um, so it could have been something around that, you know, that I had bad karma inflicted on me because I witnessed, you know, my own mother's death, unfortunately. And, um, but I don't know, I really don't know, but, you know, separating us siblings at that time probably wasn't the best, but nobody in my family was willing to take care of all us three. So, uh, I just, in my confused state of mind, you know, I, at least to me, you know, my whole family was ripped to shreds. Uh, I had no more connection with my siblings. Uh, my mom passed away. My dad is gone. And I'm coming here six months later to, to the U.S. So that's really all I can remember from that uh, year or so, right, of my life. I don't remember too much of my memories when I was younger and, or when I came here to the, to, to the States, uh, really just because I was just hurting from the trauma that I'd gone through and just so confused, right? I didn't even know English when I came here either. So it was just a very confusing time. Well, first of all, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. And second of all, thank you for being willing to share such a hard part of your story, but I think it helps just put into perspective, you know, some of the, the things that adoptees are carrying with them through their lives. You know, we all come to our, uh, you know, the adoption part of our story differently. Mm -hmm. um, but it is not unusual for really young children to have witnessed or been a part of or experienced really just unspeakable tragedy. And, um, and yeah. I think sometimes it's, you know, in the, in the midst of the day to day, it's, it's easy as parents, as adoptive parents to lose mm -hmm. sight of that, you know, and to remember that, you know, Besides the the big uh, change and trauma of changing cultures and changing primary caregivers and families and all of these things, that there there are also a lot of these other events that that lead up to that. So thank you. Mm -hmm. yeah, um, yeah, so and I have like a hundred million questions, as I'm sure a lot of <laughs> listeners do. But I guess I guess my first one is, you know, were you adopted by? a white family? Was it someone that your family knew? Um, can you tell us a little bit about like what, what your family make your adoptive family makeup is? So it is interesting. Um, I was adopted by an Indian couple. Um, the connection is, is kind of interesting. So uh, my uncle in India, he was, he is married to, um, or his wife rather, uh, his wife was um, the sister to my adoptive father. So if that, if that makes sense. Um, so my, uh, my soon to be, you know, adopted parents at that time, they were living in New Jersey. They had unfortunately just lost a child uh, in, in their pregnancy. And so they were dealing with their own thing here in, in New Jersey, um, kind of, you know, wrestling with God and, and struggling with, with that process. But, you know, they had heard through the family um, that there was this young, you know, child that they didn't really know what, you know, what was going to happen to him. And they heard about the tragic incident. You know, I think in my parents' uh, life, I, and this I came to know afterwards, you know, my mom um, was always had a heart for adoption, always had a heart to take care of children. She uh, used to go to, you know, Mother Teresa's orphanage when she was younger and 
uh, just wait and you know, beg her parents to even take uh, some of the kids there home uh, with them. So she always had a heart for adoption. And I think when they got married, uh, one of the first questions she even asked my mom was, are you willing to adopt? <laughs> so, and I think my dad, he read a, a book, uh, I think it was uh, Knowing God by J.I. Packer. And, uh, and there he talked about the relationship, you know, how God has adopted us into his family. And I think it was just, you know, uh, you know, just a, a unanimous yes, you know, in both of their perspectives that they would one day want to adopt if God, God led them in that direction. And so when they heard about uh, my plight and just uh, they responded to God's prompting just to adopt this, this young unwanted child. And they thought that, you know, just giving me, um, you know, love and, and affection and, and, you know, um, and, and just this huge amount of care, um, you know, would, would really help this, you know, broken six-year-old. Um, and honestly, at that time, I think they were even told by many family and friends that they were foolish to take me in, that this is an older kid, you know, he's gone through these things already. How do you know, you know, what's going to happen? You know, I think for them too, it was a completely new experience, right? They're new parents, uh, or they weren't even parents before. And suddenly they get thrusted into this environment where they're adopting a, a six-year-old boy um, with tons of baggage and tons of trauma. And, you know, back then there wasn't much education. There weren't any resources, not many families, you know, that they, they knew that, that were adopting, um, especially not from India and adopting older children was, you know, not even the norm back then. So it was very new, very, very different experience for them. And I think they didn't get a lot of support, you know, when, uh, even from family and friends back then either. I think I remember, and my mom, obviously, you know, she, was the closest to me at that time or was trying to get the closest to me. But I think because I had lost my own mother uh, in such a tragic way, it was just difficult for me to even relate to them uh, or love them. Right. And I think I ended up taking most of my anger and frustration out on my mom, uh, who was there uh, continually to love me, my adopted mom. Um, which was, which is also sad, but uh, you know, more, more to come on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so you referenced some of this anger, which, you know, is completely understandable. Mm-hmm. What, I mean, what else do you remember about the, that grow those growing up years once you were here in America, did you struggle with a sense of belonging with your other classmates? Um, obviously you had, you know, feelings of maybe rejection or, you know, kind of self-protectiveness for your adoptive parents, kind of how did that play out as you grew up? Um, I mean, man, it was just a roller coaster of emotions, roller coaster of, of just various situations that would always impact us. I can't remember a single year that was like good, you know, in any way or was like stable at some point. I think there was always something going on at school, at home and relationships with the family. And I think, like I said, it was very different and difficult for my parents to, to also, you know, comprehend what was going on too. And I, I forgot to mention, uh, around this time, they had also adopted uh, my younger sister, and she was a 10-month-old um, baby that came from India as well. So when uh, they they met her in India um, at um, a hospital there, um, and uh, so suddenly, you know, uh, you have these two new parents, one with a six-year-old, uh, you know, child who'd gone through trauma, and then this 10-month-old uh, baby that has just been, you know, given to them. And obviously they loved us both, but man, it was a confusing time for sure. 
I think in my younger years, I like I said, I really couldn't love my parents. And I was trying to figure a whole bunch of things out too, right? Who are these two new people suddenly claiming to be my parents now? Um, obviously, uh, language barrier was there and just uh, school was very difficult. I think uh, just learning just because of the damage to my brain uh, was extremely hard. And, you know, I, I thrived on, on creating chaos at home. I think there was a lot of passive aggressiveness and disobedience. Uh, lying was, was just constantly there. You know, I, at home, I tended to, um, you know, be this aggressive, uh, disobedient child. But on the outside, to other people, I appeared to be like this good, quiet little child that, you know, obeyed his parents and everybody got a different perspective. Uh, so when my parents even shared the little times that they did, um, you know, to other people like, oh, my gosh, we're struggling at home. You know, this is going on. And so our child's behaving. We don't know what to do. Like people saw me as this great, quiet child. So they never got the true perspective of what was actually happening at home. Um, I think because of the trauma and PTSD, you know, my, my conscience was dulled and uh, there wasn't an understanding between cause and effect. And I made food a point of control. I think that's there for a lot of adoptees growing up. Uh, my logical thinking was 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 dulled and there was an ability. I didn't have an ability to learn, um, you know, new things. And so academically, I was behind and I constantly felt like a loser and I navigated towards, you know, the troubled kids in school. I think negative attention is something I thrived on wherever it was right at home, at school, always getting in trouble with the principal. I remember that um, I also at home, you know, triangulated my parents against uh, each other. Uh, my dad worked long hours in New York, uh, and my mom, she was a, actually a computer engineer. Uh, she gave up her job and stayed, chose to stay at home uh, to, to, to help me and, you know, bore that responsibility to help me cope with life, just loving and teaching and coaxing and disciplining me. But, you know, my dad wasn't there for the majority of the day. So when he came home, it was constant thing of like, oh, mom did this or, you know, um, you know, this happened at home and I was giving a very different picture and that would usually pit them against each other too. Right. Um, and, you know, uh, trying to do what's best for me. And, you know, I would just often try my best to hurt my mom. Honestly, like I said, rather than PTSD, those, it, it causes rewiring in the brains of, of children. And honestly, my parents were just distraught, and wounded. And, you know, my mom was breaking down under the stress of caring for me and my sister. And she was misunderstood and criticized by others for, you know, how she was taking care of us children. Uh, obviously, without, you know, the knowledge that we have today. And we want to jump into this interview for a moment to remind you that we have a community called The Village that we invite you to join. As I was listening to Sandeep talk about what his parents went through and the struggles his mom faced, it really, like, it moved me because I remember that feeling of feeling so judged and so able to bring my kids to this amazing healing that I was supposed to be able to do. So anyhow, if that is how you felt hearing it too, we just want to invite you to, to join us in the village where we support one another. It is a place where we all understand the unique challenges faced by adoptive and foster parents, because we want you to know that you are not alone. So if that is something that interests you, you can find information on our website at theadoptionconnection.com slash village. It is a month-to-month membership, $27 a month. You can join for one month or you can join for 10 years. We're just happy to have you there and offer the support that you might need. Now back to the interview. 
through it all though, my parents, you know, just continually um, uh, pressed on. They did, they did struggle, but they faithfully prayed, they loved, and, you know, God tenaciously held on to them and, and even me when they couldn't. And, and that's how the journey continued on for, for many years from five, uh, well into the teenage years. Yeah. And I, and I know there's a lot of families listening who are going, wow, are you in my house? Like, this is our, this is our story. And, yeah. and clearly there's a gap between who you were uh, as a child who thrived on chaos and who you are as an adult now. So parents are probably wondering like, how did that happen? You know, and is there anything we can do to, to help <laughs> precipitate that? Um, so, you know, if you were speaking to families who are kind of in the thick of it right now with their child, with their children, they're wondering, I don't know if my kid's going to make it to adulthood or, you know, are they going to end up in jail or worse? Um, what was that transition like for you? You know, the growing up, the, the transitioning to kind of functional adult Sandeep. <laughs> Um, I, man, it was a journey. I'll be honest. I think it was an extremely difficult, painful walk, uh, for our family. And it's, it's honestly, it's not like, you know, I was this kid and this is who I am today. It's, it's still a struggle. Um, so it's ongoing. Um, that's, it's, that's the unfortunate thing about it. Deep down, uh, you know, as an adopted kid, I had, you know, certain desires too. And this might be, this might be helpful for some, for some parents out here. Today, you know, as, as an adopted kid, you know, I had a, a deep desire just to be a part of a family, a loving family, right? And I wanted to be normal. You know, I wanted to have, I wanted to have a stable life and a future. I want, I wanted to be seen who I was to be valued and treasured for who, you know, who I am as a person. And honestly, I think throughout the years, um, there was, like I said, there was just utter rebellion and, and brokenness. But, you know, one thing my family always did was, um, and my parents specifically, they were, they, they were my parents just throughout the entire process, right? And they loved me and cared for me no matter what. And they made that very known. And uh, they would pray with me day and night. Uh, they would just persevere with me through all of the difficult situations. And uh, they would protect me and, and fight for me. And they'd make that known to me, right? And um, and they'd navigate life, right? Obviously, they this was new to them too. So, uh, you know, and without the education that we have today, I can't blame them for, you know, some of the mistakes that they made back then. A lot of older adoptees tend to regret and and, and they kind of blame the parents for, for a lot of the things that they did or said. But, you know, I'll be honest, like parents are people too, right? They're just trying to figure out life. Not all of the blame can be put on them, right? Um, I think they're they're trying to figure out how best to love a child, right? With all of these things happening and all the, the chaos, you know, ensuing around them. And um, I think they're just doing the best that they can. So parents as an encouragement, you know, you have the Lord. And I think your relationship with the Lord is the most important and adoption reflects the gospel. So you taking that bold step, it immediately places a target on your back and you're always going to be attacked, you know, by the enemy. And this is spiritual warfare. So, you know, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual forces of evil. Um, and, you know, I think my mom, she struggled with that. And today she continues to say that more than anything, I think the importance is to find uh, your significance in the Lord. So focus on being faithful, not on the results of, of your child, because that can go anyway, right? Um, and you, you, you're, you can't be the director of your child saying that this is how, you know, my child's future is going to be. 
you know, and if things go wrong, you know, we can feel like failures, but Satan can use anything to turn us away from Jesus. And I think uh, you making the decision, you know, as parents to adopt or take care of your child, uh, this is a, you know, this is a covenant relationship between you and God and, and, and not you and your child, right? So this is something that you're doing for God. So just remember that. And that's something that my parents, you know, really struggled with, but they, they held on to just that relationship with God. And, you know, what more can parents do? Honestly, they can pray for your child and just hope and pray that the steps that they take um, and the boundaries that they put and, and the teachings that they give their children will somehow make an impact uh, in the future. And, and to be very honest, you know, I think late into my, I think when I was 17, 17 and a half or so, uh, that's when I made a conscious decision to, um, or not me, really. I think God touched my heart and opened my eyes, um, you know, through the power of his gospel. And, and keep in mind, I mean, I was a child who grew up with uh, going to Sunday school every, every week, going to church. We did family devotions. You know, my mom prayed with us and did devotions before we went to school uh, in the evenings. And so we were just surrounded by Christian teaching and, and the gospel and, and reading the Bible. That was constantly there. But I and I, I, I remember myself, you know, faking Christianity, right, just so that my parents would get off my back um and stop like hounding me with with the bible and this relationship with god and that was really difficult for me and i'm sure others can you know relate to this out here with their with their children you know suddenly being told that god is this loving father right? first of all i can't even see this god right and as a young child this is probably going to be very confusing but god is this loving father in heaven and you know who really loves and cares for you and you can have this relationship with him and that's really confusing, right? I had an alcoholic, abusive father, uh, adoptive, or I'm sorry, a birth father, and he was not there for my family. He broke up our family. I blamed him a lot. Was very angry, and suddenly to hear that this unseen God is is my you know, my heavenly Father is is just very confusing. And my anger was really, you know, towards God at, at, for a certain period of uh, my life as well, because I was like, man, if God is this loving and this caring, why would He allow brokenness to to be there? And so it just didn't make sense with me. Um, but, you know, I think through that, through, through all of that confusion, I think my parents were there walking me through, constantly encouraging me to, to not have, have this relationship with God. And they didn't have answers, right? And as much as I wanted those answers, like I had to, you know, face the reality that I'm, I'm never going to get these answers. Um, but I think now looking back, you know, that relationship with God um, really changed my life. And Honestly, I was, um, I think I was really tired of just running away from God and rebelling against my own adoption. So I remember, you know, when I was 17 and a half or so, just calling my parents and into my room and, you know, asking Jesus into my heart. And that, that really changed my life. Like, I don't want to say it was a, a day and night picture or day and night change, but I think now looking back, I mean, it, it really was, I think not in my attitudes, not in my, not in the day-to-day -day life, but I think just overall, my appreciation for my parents, um, my love for God, and just the fact that, you know, if you look at my life, and I was chosen out of over how many, like maybe 1.2 billion people in India to hear and experience this life-changing power of the gospel. And, you know, sin had broken all of these connections for me, but, you know, God redeemed them and restored me for his glory. This tremendous freedom I experienced in this new relationship with God, I think it really gave me 
the power to forgive, you know, all those who had wronged me in my past and present life. And, you know, I think God um, developed this deep sense of love and gratitude for my adoptive family, especially toward my adoptive mom, who, you know, had unfortunately been the target of my hatred up until that point. And then, you know, there's these suppressed memories that I hear a lot of adoptive kids talk about. And I think God really released, you know, the, the burden of those memories and just freed my mind to learn and to just, you know, be who, who I was. And I talked about, you know, this constant anger that I had. The big question is why? Like, why me? Like, why, why did I, as a five-year-old, have to experience, you know, my mother's death? Um, no one wants that. But, you know, it hit me all of a sudden. Obviously, I had this chance to know God. You know, there was a reason to that as well. And I, I only came to understand this after I accepted, you know, Christ into my heart, that God allowed these things to happen for a reason. And he brought me through it, you know, gave me a new understanding. I think he allowed me to see that, you know, those experiences happened for a reason. And I'm here today to, um, you know, really share and encourage other children, other adopted kids, other families, right, um, to, to press on, right, and that there is hope, that there is um, hope in the cross, and we have something to look forward to. I, I truly believe that, you know, through the instances of my, uh, through, through the journey of my adoption and my, my, my birth mother passing away and my family splitting up into shreds, you know, God was there. You know, he was there throughout that entire process. He was there through every year of my life. All of the situations in school, all the situations in, at home, you know, he was there, but he allowed me to overcome some of those things just so that I could be here today, honestly, just to share with families, just to share with adopted kids out there that, you know, God is there and you may not have all the answers. I don't have all the answers to my questions, but there is, there is hope in the, in the Lord and, and he can heal all brokenness. Well, it's a beautiful story of redemption and God's faithfulness. And I think also just a good reminder of God sees the big picture. Sometimes as parents or as adoptees, it's so easy to get caught up in the the here and the now and, and we lose hope. And um, and so just, you know, if, if we got stuck in your story, you know, when you were six or 10 or 15, um, you know, we miss the the kind of arcing sweep of of what god had planned for you so thank you for for sharing that yeah, yeah and and that's yeah that's thank you for mentioning that i think that's that's a huge encouragement to to families not to get stuck on you know the, the broken just unbearable years and that's difficult you know we are families are in the trenches and you know i, I can totally empathize with with all of that but you know there is more to come all we can do is just focus on God and, and him guiding, you know, our future. We have to, my parents literally had to give up control of, of their life, right? They had plans, they had visions for, you know, what their children were going to do in, the, in their life and how they were going to be these, be these great parents, you know, raising up their children um, to do, to do well in life. And, you know, just as they had done or do even better, but man, like we can never, you know, we, we don't have control over what our children are going to do, what, what situations are going to come, you know, uh, towards them and how they're going to deal with things and how we're all going to deal with things as a family. I think that we, the, 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 the control factor has to be given up 
And only through that, I think God can, can do, do his marvelous work. Yeah. Well, we've experienced that on the parent side of things. We're raising older teens and young adults. And let me tell you, there's nothing that has tested my faith. Like, you know, that, that letting go. And, you know, we say like, we know that God is in control. He loves our kids more than we do. Um, but it is, it is a huge test of faith to put that into practice. It is. It is. It really um, is. So Sandeep, through all of this, you've had this vision for a blog and to share the stories of adoptees and kind of the, the redemption half of that. Can you tell us a little bit more about unfolding adoptees? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, so this has been um, truly just a, an amazing work in progress um, for for a number of years now. You know, I had the opportunity to uh, attend a few conferences where I was able to share with other, other adoptive families and I think God showed me that this this was really needed um, to also speak out to the uh, adopted kids community. There are a lot of adoptees out here who have, uh, and I'll be honest, who have gone through much worse situations than myself, right? Have seen way more trauma in their life. And man, I, I don't know how some of you have, you know, are, are where you are today. Uh, I feel like my situations don't even compare to some some kids that, that have had it really bad out there. And I totally want to acknowledge that. But, you know, at the same time, I have gone through my own set of experiences, and um, but I've also know that there is there is hope, there is there is joy in the Lord, uh, despite you know what has gone on in life, and and getting this new perspective in life, seeing life with a different set of eyes, right? And once once you know the Lord, really changes your perspective. Like I said, you don't have all the answers, but you learn to appreciate some things more in life. You learn to just have gratitude, right? And so what I was seeing in, in, in this community of, of, of um, adoptive, even older children and, and younger children, um, kids as well, was there was constant anger and frustration and just um, there were just these unanswered questions about their life. And I think being adopted, I mean, there's a, that is a deep desire and wish for thousands and thousands and thousands of orphans out there in the world. You, I'm speaking to the adopted kids right now, you and I, we've got that opportunity, right? There were loving parents who stepped out in faith, wanted to do, you know, to honor the Lord and, and take in this child. I mean, good and bad things happen all across the board, right? No one is, no one is saying that they're perfect and the parents are just stepping forward in faith and trying to, trying to do this for the Lord. But, you know, the community of, of adopted kids, I think there is, there was, what, what we were seeing was there was just, as they were growing up, there was, there was still, uh, you know, huge anger and frustration at their adoption or even their adoptive parents for, for not doing the right things um, or, you know, not, uh, uh, you know, allowing life to, to take course in, in the way that the adopted kids deemed. I really, we saw that as, as a huge concern. And then there was, you know, uh, groups here and there popping up of just how angry this community was at, at adoption, at adoptive parents, and, you know, how they regret their own adoption. And that, that hurts. I mean, I, I can't speak to all that you've gone through in your life. And I'm sure there are, there are painful things. But, you know, I think knowing Christ and knowing what God has done in my life and, you know, where I am today, I really, you know, that, that anger and frustration at life and adoption, it's not, for me personally, it's not there anymore. And truly because I think I've reconciled, you know, the past and 
I, I, I'm moving forward with what God has planned for in my life. And so I, I teamed up with a few other, you know, uh, people in, in this unfolding adoptees group. And we wanted to launch something where adoptive people, young adults are able to share about their brokenness, about the painful struggles that they've endured in life, about the unanswered questions, about their pain, um, and really relate, right, with almost across the board, every adoptee out there. And, and that's the common ground. But these adoptive, adopted young people, uh, young adults and, and older adults um, are able to also share about their relationship with Christ and where they are today as a result of knowing God. And so we wanted to give both ends of the spectrum. And that's really where, you know, we weren't seeing too much of that um, anywhere, actually, in Facebook groups or the Internet, other blogs. It was a constant venting that we saw from adoptees just, you know, wallowing. I'm sorry to say this, wallowing in like, you know, self-pity at just the difficulty in their life. Uh, we've experienced, you know, hope in, in Christ, and that's what we wanted to talk about, right? To give both ends of the spectrum, to say, yes, it is difficult. Yes, there are unanswered questions. Yes, life is painful, and we've gone through X number of scenarios, X number of situations that have constantly beaten us down as adopted kids uh, and young adults. But here's, you know, where we are today. Here's the hope that we have. And here, and it's still a struggle, right? Uh, it's The journey's not over. The story's not over. But we want to talk today and encourage other people out there, other adoptive people, that there is hope in the Lord. And so that's really where Unfolding Adoptees, you know, um, started from, just realizing the need in, this, in the community um, and to just give encouragement to other adoptive um, people out there. So it sounds like your audience is other adoptees, maybe specifically young, uh, young adult adoptees who are kind of really, you know, kind of figuring out what life's all about and, and their identity. Um, I know y'all have a blog where you've shared um, some incredible stories. I've had the honor of, of sharing a piece there as well. Is there anything else going on there in for community space meetings or other ways for adoptees to connect with you? Yeah, I think the best way of um, you know, uh, connecting with us, so the blog name is unfoldingadoptees.org. Um, and we'd love to hear, you know, your story, um, uh, your adoption story and just the redemption that God has done in your life. And, and it's a work in progress, right? And we want to be honest and open about that as much as we can. Um, I think, again, one to, you know, find that common ground with other adoptees out there in the world, uh, but to also encourage. So we'd love to hear from you. Uh, we can uh, please subscribe to our newsletter. It's right there on the homepage. Um, with that, uh, we do have a biweekly posts that we make. Um, so just hearing from uh, adoptees all over the world, uh, to be honest. And then uh, we are also um, starting something new this year. We kind of did a trial, um, you know, a couple months ago. So we're having Zoom conversations and uh, it'll be, you know, various topics. But we'll have um, just, you know, one of our leaders go through um, just some topics that are very relevant to our community. Um, and we will have that uh, probably every, we're hoping to do at least once a month, if not twice a month uh, of these, um, you know, online community and gatherings. We can't meet in person, obviously, because of COVID. And, you know, that kind of also, um, you know, was a, it was a huge, you know, roadblock for us because we really wanted to do something in person. But we're making the most of what we have right now. I think, you know, God has opened up doors in, in many ways to 
this larger um, you know community of, of, of people online and uh, we're making the most of it so we're having zoom zoom community discussions on, on various topics so uh, if you subscribe to our newsletter you'll get more information about those conversations happening as well you know we have a news and resources page as well uh, on our site so if you if you wanted to just hop in there and you know see articles and encouraging stories uh, out there on the web about you know birth family or you know I, I, topics on identity um, and uh, mental health and, and other podcasts that we've been encouraged by uh, please hop in there and, and see those resources as well um, I think it's this is a great you know uh, starting point for unfolding adoptees as we build um, you know our, our presence on the web and uh, reach out to this larger community um, where, where there's clearly a need well, and what um, what age would you say? I know there's parents out there maybe with like 17 or 16 year olds or, you know, what age are those community discussions kind of geared towards or who, who is who's invited? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, great question. We've had a large, you know, broad um, range of, of um, uh, young adults and adults on there. I'd say typically maybe 18 and older, um, you know, is is who we're you know kind of targeting. But uh, I, the the blog post, I mean, I've I've also heard. So that's for the Zoom community discussions. Uh, the but honestly, the blog is not just for 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 adoptees. Um, I was very encouraged by some um, adoptive parents that hopped on there and they were just reading about, you know, uh, different adoptee perspectives. Right. Uh, some maybe they can glean some information as to some of the questions or struggles that their own kids are going through based off of somebody else's um, somebody else who has overcome those things and overcome those hurdles in their life. So it's honestly for, for parents out here too, just to, just to see, you know, a uh, different perspective from, from other adoptees, what was life like for them when they were, when they were younger, you know, what did they have? What didn't they have? Um, how could you adjust maybe, you know, how you take care of your children. Uh, so we're really hoping that there's some beneficial information for, not only the adoptee community, but the adoptive parents out here as well, um, as you hear from adoptee voices. Yeah, well, an amazing resource for sure. And I think adoptive parents should definitely check it out. We talk a lot here at the Adoption Connection about just uh, following your child's lead in terms of the story and, and not projecting a, a particular experience onto them. And um, I do understand that some of the loudest voices in the space in the recent past have been some of the more angry or hurt voices, and and that will for sure be the experience of some adoptees. But it is not the story of of every adoptee. I think it's important to just leave room for all all of the perspectives and stories of our kids. Real quick, as my final question, because I I know some listeners are probably going to ask and are, are maybe wondering, um, were you were you able to ever reconnect with any birth family back in India, and um, you know, close that loop at all for yourself? My two older siblings, I uh, had an opportunity to to connect with them. I was very, I, I wasn't connected with them over my my growing years here. Um, there was, uh, you know, I just didn't have that connection, unfortunately. And as I got older, I it felt more like friends uh, rather than siblings, unfortunately. Um, and you know, I, I think I, I took that step because with my new family here, uh, I had not only my younger, um, you know, adopted sister, but I also had my parents had, uh, you know, um, a biological child of their own. And so these two sisters were really my sisters um, here because I grew up with them. I lived life with them. Um, unfortunately, my my birth sisters, I did not, you know, have an opportunity to do that. But, you know, 
I think God was working in that also. And, um, and I'm continually praying for them, hoping that they come to come to know the Lord. Almost no connection now, just because, you know, that, that sibling relationship was broken for so many years. Um, I, I do continue to pray for them and hope that they, they come to know the Lord. Yeah. Well, again, Cindy, thank you so much for your vulnerability, your honesty, your willingness to sit down and just share so much of your story with our listeners. Um, so I'm just, I'm honored to have spent this time with you and um, to continue here at the Adoption Connection to um, support unfolding adoptees. Uh, we're really excited for the work that you're doing. So thank you for the time, and passion that you're putting into that product project as well. Thank you. Thank you, Melissa. And it's, yeah, it's truly an honor to be here and speak to this community as well. So thank you so much for having me on this podcast. I appreciate Sandeep so much and his honesty in sharing his story the way he did. I, as an adoptive mom, when I was previewing this interview, I was so moved. And I hope those of you listening feel the same, that his story gives you some hope that even if you are struggling with your children or if you're just having a hard time and dealing with all the complexities of adoption, that his story will give you hope. The way he shared about coming into a relationship with God and how that brought such deep healing for him was really beautiful. I know in my own experience as a birth or first mom, it's my relationship with God that brought healing to me. So I love hearing that from his perspective as well. Yeah. I mean, there was so much I appreciated about the way that he shared. And I think it's an important reminder to us that our adoptees stories aren't over until they're over. You know, I think we look a couple years down the road and we think, oh my gosh, like, are we ever going to make it? Are we going to get out of it? And, you know, it's so beautiful to hear from adoptees who are so much further down the road than our kids. And then I know I can look back at my story and my sibling stories and realize that some of our biggest seasons of healing happened like in our thirties. And so just to have that like marathon view, I think of parenting can be, can be really hard. Also, we know a lot of you listening are parenting teens or young adult adoptees, and uh, we have, you know, support for teens here at the Adoption Connection through a support group. But for those of you who have young adult adoptees, I think Sandeep's group um, that meets through the Unfolding Adoptees website would be a great place for um, young adult adoptees to connect um, have positive influence, have a safe place for conversation. I'm excited to kind of maybe drop in and just connect. I I do a lot more connecting in the adoptive parent community than I do in the adoptee community. So um, he talked a little bit about that, but the website is unfoldingadoptees.org. So if you get on his newsletter, you'll get an email when they get ready to start meeting again on Zoom. So we'd encourage you to do that. All the other places to find Sandeep and Unfolding Adoptees will be in the show notes for this episode, which you can find at theadoptionconnection.com slash 155. Before you go, we'd love to connect with you on social media. Our new Instagram handle is at postadoptionresources. Or better yet, join our free Facebook community at theadoptionconnection.com slash Facebook. Thanks so much for listening. We love having you. And remember, you're a good parent doing good work. The music for the podcast is called New Day, 
and was created by Lee Rosevier.